the International Soccer Preview, and we are Soccer Files Canada. Welcome to Series 19, looking at the groups and teams of the 2023 Asian Cup, played in January 2024. This episode is looking at Group E, South Korea, Jordan, Bahrain, and Malaysia. Here we go! It's the International Soccer Preview by Soccer Files Canada, Series 19. I'm Kevin. And I'm Connor. And today we are looking at Group E uh, for the 2023 Asian Cup Tournament. Uh, this group includes South Korea, Jordan, Bahrain, and Malaysia. Yeah, so we usually give some information about the media cast at this point, but we're going to save it uh, for the end. So stay tuned at the end for info about our past, current, and future series, um, and also our plans for upcoming series. Meanwhile, let's uh, get on with it. Sure. So this series features a deep dive into the history of the regional tournament, uh, for each of these teams that is the asian cup and we're going to cover our usual information yeah so let's look at the three sections that we will cover in this uh, media cast so part one we're going to introduce the teams in the group and that's some demographic information where is the country and so on uh, and part two we will do uh, an in-depth team by team overview of the country's history in soccer that's right. And as we mentioned, this series features a deep dive into the uh, each team's history in the regional cup. Yes. And uh, part three will be a comparison of the teams in terms of their ranking, their head-to-head -head records. And we're going to end with a discussion of their prospects and our predictions. All right. Well, should we jump right into it? Yeah, let's jump right in and um, begin with uh, South Korea. So uh, some demographic information on South Korea. Yeah, so um, South Korea, their their soccer nickname is the Taeguk Warriors. Um, they occupy, or South Korea occupies the southern portion of the Korean, Korean Peninsula in Asia's Far East. Um, and its population is 52 million. Um, so decently large country. And it's where you, Kevin, uh, used to live. Yeah, that's right. The uh, Taeguk Warriors. And uh, um, people might be thinking the Red Devils, but I think that's their uh, the nickname for their fans, right? More so, yeah. Yeah. Yes, I lived there for 15 years, I did. So I'm, oh. a, I'm a bit biased towards them, I must say. Yes, I am too, by extension. <laughs> okay, well, team number two is uh, Jordan. Jordan, um, their soccer nickname is The Brave uh, in Arabic. Um, Jordan is a country located... in in the Mediterranean region of Western Asia. Um, it's separated from the Mediterranean Sea only by Israel and Palestine. And it also shares borders with Syria, Iraq, and Saudi Arabia. And Jordan has a population of about 11 million people. Okay, and I noticed you weren't bold enough to try to pronounce that nickname in Arabic. No, are, are you putting me on the spot? <laughs> nah, I'll give it a shot. Do you want me to? Go for it. Uh, Al Nashima, but we may be getting uh, we may be getting uh, emails from Arabs telling us how wrong we are. <laughs> uh, okay, third is also uh, in the Middle East. It's Bahrain. 
Yeah, their nickname is the Red Wolves. Um, again, in Arabic, but I'm not going to try that. Um, <laughs> Bahrain is a small island country in the Persian Gulf. Uh, it's actually one of the smallest countries in Asia. Um, it's linked um, to Saudi Arabia by a bridge, actually, and is otherwise lies just, just off the coast of tournament host Qatar. So uh, not a long journey for uh, Bahrain fans. Mm -hmm. um, and at just uh, one and a half million people, uh, Bahrain is the smallest country competing in the, uh, this year's Asian Cup. Oh, okay. Well, I don't think they're the smallest in terms of uh, kind of strength. But we will get into that. And we finish with uh, Malaysia. Malaysia. Uh, their nickname is the Malaysian Tigers. Uh, Malaysia is a country in Southeast Asia with uh, two kind of main land masses. Uh, one is on the southern end of the Malay Peninsula and the other occupies the northern part of the large island of Borneo. And Malaysia shares Borneo with uh, Indonesia and Brunei. And uh, Malaysia has a population of 34 million people, which is big, but I'll be honest, it's not uh, quite as big as I thought it was. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, it's funny. Today I was uh, teaching junior high. I'm a substitute teacher. And uh, funnily, Connor, one of the uh, students asked me, where is Singapore? And you've been to Singapore. I have, yeah. It actually used to be part of Malaysia. Now it's just a little island that uh, kind of at the tip of the Malay Peninsula. Right. Okay, well, that's our four countries, but let's look at them in terms of uh, comparison to each other. Uh, Connor threw out some numbers there, so we'll just kind of uh, see how they are um, relative to each other. Yeah, so the largest country in this group is uh, South Korea with 52 million people. Um the next largest is Malaysia with 34 million people. Um, then it's a, a drop off to Jordan, which has 11 million. Um, and then finally, the smallest country, Bahrain, is just 1.5 million people. So um, kind of a, a clear first, second, third, and fourth largest. And, and I think the interesting thing about the, the population size is seeing whether it correlates to soccer strength or not. Um, and we'll, we'll talk about that in this group. Yeah, I even listened to a podcast about Bahrain uh, a few years ago and they were saying, you know, it doesn't have a professional league and it's very hard for them to uh, improve their national team and uh, uh, not all of the players, um, uh, I think they were saying, were professional, but uh, I kind of doubt that. Anyway, the best ones tend to play uh, uh, in Saudi Arabia or something, but I'm not. It doesn't actually fit with what I know of them because I think they do have uh, they do have teams and they're not a bad team. No, we'll see a bit of that in their history. They're they're not a bad team at all. Um, yeah. they're, uh, a team that punches above their weight for sure and, and kind of has done at various times in their history. Yeah, and uh, I too am surprised by the uh, uh, size of the population, just one and a half million. So, as you say, kind of like Wales and Uruguay. Uh, kind of doing better than their population size would suggest. Yeah. Okay, well, let's move on to part two and uh, start getting into the history uh, of each team. And we begin with, uh, oh, well, something terrible happened to my graphics there. Uh, we'll begin with the uh, history of South Korea, starting just with an overview of their general participation and strength. And uh, why don't you take it away there, Connor? Sure. So South Korea is a senior team in Asia, having participated uh, in the World Cup in 1954. Uh, surprising, actually, given the country had only just ended uh, the war. And they entered almost every World Cup thereafter, missing only twice. 
1958, their entry was, for, for unknown reasons, not accepted. And in 1966, they did not join, uh, they did not join the general Asian and African boycott, but rather withdrew for different reasons. Um, and then South Korea have participated in every Asian Cup from its very start in 1956. Yeah, and uh, in this uh, media cast, we're looking at regional groups, which are uh, important in the Asian and African regions. So Korea is uh, part of the East Asian Football Federation, or the EAFF, and that's a group that consists of uh, 10 countries, uh, along with China, Japan, they're probably the biggest ones, uh, North Korea, Hong Kong, and then a few kind of uh, weaker or smaller teams. So uh, South Korea has taken part in every tournament since the start of that cup in 2003. In terms of strength, South Korea is a top tier team in the Asian region, uh, often vying to be the strongest. Uh, they have a solid argument in their World Cup record, having reached the cup every time since 1986. And with the best finish of any Asian team, which was fourth place uh, when they hosted in 2002. At the global level, they are a second tier team in recent years, passing the group stage in three of the last six World Cups. Uh, their Asian record uh, started just as well. However, it quickly began to falter and they ranged from second place finishes to failures to qualify in between 1968 and 1992. Since then, they have always passed the group stage uh, but a single second place finish in 2015 makes them far from the best team in the region. It is their great rival Japan who dominates that competition, which is something that uh, Korea is desperate to rectify. Uh, in the local cup, they are the clear champions of the EAFF region, having won five of the nine editions. All right. And before we move on, I think we neglected to mention participation in the Asian Cup. And that's pretty straightforward. They've... Uh, They've participated in every edition since its start in 1956. That's right. Uh, yeah, but we'll take a closer look at that and actually a slightly closer look uh, at each of those uh, tournaments, beginning with uh, just a kind of an overview of their World Cup record. Sure. So after reaching the Cup in their first World Cup entry in 1954, they didn't qualify again until 1986. Uh, twice they were knocked out by teams outside of Asia, that was Yugoslavia and Australia, um, at the last step. Since 1986, they have qualified every time, uh, usually in convincing fashion. But despite, uh, despite impressive success in reaching the Cup, they remained winless in five World Cups and 14 games through to 1998, though they usually pick up a draw, or picked up a draw. Their uh, unimaginable success when they hosted uh, which fit, saw them finishing fourth in 2002, strengthened the team in general, and they have earned points in every cup since. If their success in 2002 was put down to hosting, passing the group stage in 2010 and again in 2022 now makes them a respectable world power. Yes, that's right. So that is the World Cup, and we'll do kind of the regional cup uh, in overview, and they started very well there, uh, winning the first two cups. That was in 1956, and then winning as uh, host in 1960. And in 1964, they finished third. But after that, it was a bit, uh, kind of a bit hit and miss. Over the next four cups, they took second place twice, but also failed to qualify twice. And that pattern kind of roughly continued until uh 1996 after 1996 they never failed to qualify but
but uh, nor did they really achieve the success they hoped for. 2015, as Connor said earlier, uh, was their best finish in second place. But of course, South Korea would uh, would have first place as their ambition. So falling a bit short uh, in the uh, Asian Cup there. Yeah. How about the uh, regional cup, the EAFF? Yeah, so although there are 10 teams in the East Asian region, the cup really boils down to a tournament between South Korea, China, and Japan, and then one other team in the region qualifying, which is usually North Korea, uh, or if not them, Hong Kong. Um, the other teams, um, Taiwan, uh, Mongolia, Guam, Macau, and the Northern Marianas Islands are really far too reach to reach the cup. Reach the cup. Uh, South Korea has won five of nine editions since its start in 2003, including three in a row uh, between 2015 and 2019. Ironically, they have won only one of the three times they've hosted, which included their worst result, a ghastly fourth or last place finish uh, in 2005. And this tournament, um, I believe, Kevin, is uh, a round robin of four teams with no final. That's right. That's how it works. So the team that ends up uh, finishing first kind of wins the title there. All right. Well, now we enter our deep dive. So this is a deep dive into the Asian Cup finals. So we don't really focus much on the qualifying, but just on the tournaments that they've reached. So uh, South Korea opened their Asian Cup and account uh, in 1956 with a draw against the host, which was Hong Kong. Uh, but wins over Israel and South Vietnam had them finishing first in the group. And just like you mentioned with the EAFF Cup, this was a round robin, so uh, there were no finals beyond the standings in the group. Right. Uh, so winners there. Um, South Korea then hosted the second edition and won all three games to win the second title. Uh, it was hard to imagine that it would end up being their last. Uh, South Korea started the 1964 edition with a loss to India. Uh, after beating Hong Kong, they lost to host Israel for a disappointing uh, third-place finish uh, out of four teams. Yeah, but things only got worse as they failed to qualify in 1968. That's a bit of a, a bit of a precipitous drop-off there. And actually, that began a pattern of kind of one poor performance followed by one strong performance. Uh, in the cup, and we're going to see that last until 1996. Uh, 1972 saw South Korea reach the final but lose to Iran, um, but 1976 once again saw them fail to qualify. Right. Was, we, oh, I'm sorry. Keep going. Okay. Um, and it was second place again in 1980, um, losing to Saudi Arabia uh, in the final. Uh, in 1984, they at least reached uh, the tournament, but two draws and two losses, uh, including to second-tier Syria and Qatar, saw them finish a ghastly fifth of five uh, in the group stage. Yikes. Uh, it was Saudi Arabia again beating them in the 1988 final, uh, this time losing on penalties, so very narrow. Um, and then that pattern ended with their failure to qualify in 1992, um, and there was no strong tournament to follow. So really right. up and down. Yeah, really up and down. It's kind of a, it's kind of amazing, actually. Uh, in fact, uh, in 1996, they were a bit lucky to pass the group stage. Um, the expanded 12-team format uh, allowed third-place finishers to pass, so they got through to the uh, final rounds that way. And there they met Iran in the quarterfinals, 
uh, and actually they would do so after the next five cups. Uh, in that 1996 quarterfinal, they um, took a 2-1 lead into halftime, but Iran scored a tying goal at 55, and then the great Ali Daye uh, unleashed four goals on them between 66 and 88 for a humiliating 6-2 loss. Wow. Uh, 2000 again saw them advance from the group stage as third-place finishers. Here they avenged Iran in the quarterfinal, beating them in extra time, but lost to Saudi Arabia in the semifinal uh, before beating China to take home third place. That's right. Uh, South Korea actually did better in the group stage in 2004, uh, topping the group there. And uh, this time it was Ali Karima doing the damage as he scored a hat-trick in Iran's 4-3 win in the quarterfinals. Um, why don't you take 2007? Sure. In uh, 2007, all three of their uh, games in the, in the uh, final stage uh, went to penalties, so they got through the group in second place. They beat uh, familiar quarterfinal foe Iran this way, but then lost to Iraq, who were the eventual winners, by the same sword, uh, losing in penalties. After a scoreless third-place match with rivals Japan, uh, both teams scored their first five penalties, but Korea won when Japan missed their six. It was third place in 2007. Yeah, I guess it makes sense, Korea having a, a lot of practice in penalties in that tournament. No kidding, yeah. Right, it was third place again in 2011, uh, and they, they won the quarterfinal date with Iran in extra time there, um, and had a thrilling game with Japan in the semifinals. That finished 1-1, but Japan scored in the first half of extra time. But in a mad scramble in the dying seconds, South Korea equalized. However, it was all for naught because, uh, in contrast to their previous shootout, South Korea missed their first three penalties and it was over quickly. Uh, a win over Uzbekistan for another third-place finish was a bit of a cold comfort there, uh, again, to a team that was uh, long thirsting for another title. South Korea came even closer in 2015, winning all group stage games, uh, including over host Australia. Uh, after a scoreless quarterfinal um, with uh, a new foe, um, South, uh, South Korean star Son Heung-min scored twice in extra time, and they beat Uzbekistan there to advance to the uh, semifinals. A semi-final win over Iraq paired them with host Australia in the final, um, who they beat uh, in the group stage. This game ended 1-1 in regulation time, but South Korea gave up an extra time goal to once again fall short. Right, so uh, no meeting with Iran. I think that's the first tournament in a long time where they didn't meet Iran. And uh, it actually leads us nicely into the next section, which is their recent history. And we're going to take that from 2019, the Asian Cup uh, that year, the last Asian Cup. Yeah, so we'll look at qualifying because this was a recent tournament. Um, so qualifying for the Asian Cup also doubled as qualifying for the 2018 World Cup. Um, so South Korea entered in the round two or three group stage and had no trouble winning uh, all eight games that saw them advance to the final round of World Cup qualifying and also put them automatically in the Asian Cup. Once there, they won all three group stage games over Philippines, Kyrgyzstan, and China without conceding a goal. Uh, there's now a round of 16 
uh, as the tournament had expanded to 24 teams. Uh, South Korea beat uh, current groupmates Bahrain 2-1 after extra time, but then lost in the quarterfinal to uh, Qatar. Qatar was uh, an unstoppable force in that tournament and will go on to win the title. That's right. So uh, once again, uh, falling quite short there at the quarterfinal stage. So, um, of course, South Korea will have uh, ambitions to do better this time. The next uh, big tournament was the 2022 World Cup. Mm-hmm. So that qualifi- uh, qualifying the early rounds at least doubled as qualifying for this tournament. Um, so South Korea again entered in the round two of three group stage. They were paired with North Korea, um, but North Korea um, withdrew, I suppose, or uh, were suspended. Um, so they actually didn't compete qualification. So it was a four-team group stage, um, but South Korea um, kind of easily uh finished first in that group ahead of Lebanon, Turkmenistan, and Sri Lanka. Um, in this, oh, uh, Yeah, I'll just fill in there. I think what happened was uh, this was during COVID, this uh, qualifying. So uh, after playing the first uh, couple of games, they really had trouble uh, kind of finishing the qualification round. So they ended up uh, organizing a tournament uh, to finish, I think, the last half of the games. And North Korea refused to... Uh, attend because it was taking place in South Korea. So uh, I think they withdrew at that point. Gotcha. Okay. Uh, in any case, it put uh, South Korea into the last round uh, or the, the final round of World Cup qualifying. Um, and there they went undefeated until their very last game. Um, that last game was a 1-0 loss in the United Arab Emirates and actually cost them first place in the group. They ended up finishing behind Iran, but the top two qualified automatically. So it was still enough to see them into Qatar. Um, and then at the World Cup, uh, they were paired with Portugal, Uruguay, and Ghana. Uh, South Korea tied Uruguay in their opener, lost 3-2 to Ghana. And then uh, there was a ton of drama on the final day. They ended up beating Portugal with a 91st-minute equalizer. And Uruguay, who uh, were kind of sitting on a lead and thinking they were through, were kind of stunned by that. Um and uh, South Korea ended up uh, jumping ahead of them in basically the last minute and advancing to the round of 16. Yeah, real drama because, uh, you know, um, yeah, it's a long story, but Ghana had a bit of a grudge against Uruguay because uh, uh, of a, a handball on the penalty line in 2010 kept Ghana ultimately from advancing. So they were determined not to let Uruguay uh, get that goal that they needed. So tons of great drama there. Yeah. Uh, so South Korea advanced to the round of 16 uh, for the th- uh, third time in their history. Um, and there they met uh, Brazil, and it ended up being a, a heavy 4-1 loss. Uh, Brazil scored the first, scores 4-0 after uh, 36 minutes. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they just kind of played out the rest of the game. Yeah, Brazil in fine form uh, uh, there. Okay, but uh, nevertheless, it uh, was another pass of the group stage there for South Korea, so a pretty respectable performance. And uh, actually, there had been uh, an EAFF Cup between the 2019 Asian Cup and the uh, 2022 World Cup, but we're just going to deal with the most recent local cup, which was in 2022. I think it was in December uh no actually this must have been before the world cup finals but was in 2022 
Yeah, so South Korea um, met uh, Japan, China, and Hong Kong. Um, they beat China and Hong Kong 3 nothing, but then lost to Japan by that same scoreline to finish second. So their, their arch rivals, Japan, took the title, um, South Korea finishing second. Right, so always Japan and uh, South Korea duking it out uh, in East Asia. And the last thing we look at here is their qualifying run for this cup. So how did they get here? Yeah, we touched on it because it was also doubled as qualifying for the World Cup. So South Korea, by virtue of topping their, I guess, 14 group after North Korea's withdrawal, uh, saw them easily qualify for the Asian Cup and uh, into the last round of World Cup qualifying. Yeah, second place uh, team there was Lebanon, which is pretty, uh, uh, pretty second, almost third tier competition there. So that was easy for them. Now, in this podcast, we were thinking of doing a, a section on players. Uh, but we concluded that it made the media cast too long and it also took us away from the focus on teams. But stay tuned because we will be doing a series on uh, each team's players. And also, um, because we're doing this well in advance, we might actually do an update podcast. I keep saying podcast, but we should say media cast because uh, it's YouTube and audio. Uh, uh, we will be doing an update media cast shortly before the tournament. And uh, in, if we do that, we'll include the overview of the players that we were planning for this one. That's right. That's right. But uh, we will move on to our second team now and take a look at Jordan. And again, begin with kind of a, a general overview of their participation and strength. So Jordan first entered the Asian Cup in 1972, but didn't participate consistently until 1996. Uh, they came later to the World Cup, that was in 1986, but they did participate uh, consistently since then. Um, yeah, keep going. Yeah, their local zone is the West Asian Football Federation, and they were an original member uh, before other Middle Eastern teams, uh, specifically Gulf nations, joined in 2009-10. Uh, Jordan has participated in all editions, and Jordan also participates in the Arab Cup, uh, which also kind of competes for, for local attention. Yeah, and uh, we'll see with Bahrain that uh, other uh, Middle Eastern countries also have the Gulf Cup competing uh, for the local attention, but Jordan is not part of the uh, Gulf Cup uh, group. And uh, Now, in terms of strength, uh, Jordan is a second-tier team, generally at the weaker end of that scale. They have reached the final round of World Cup qualifying only once, and in fact, they went beyond that round to reach the intercontinental playoff when they got there. Uh, but usually they don't get there. They reached their first Asian Cup in 2004 and have qualified for all but one edition since. Uh, as in the World Cup, they tend to make the best of it when they do reach the higher levels. So uh, they've passed the group stage in three of the four cups that they've reached. Asian Cups, that is. And in the local uh, WAF Cup, the West African Football Federation, they have finished second in three of the nine editions, um, but the title has eluded them. In the more competitive Arab Cup, uh, they do well to pass the group stage, but doing so in 2021 is a testament to their uh, generally second-tier strength. Okay, let's take a look at the uh, World Cup in a bit more detail, but still an overview. So from their first world, or first entry in the, uh, in the 1986 World Cup, 
They never made it past the semifinal round uh, until 2014. In every campaign, they took points from almost all golf teams, uh, with the exception of Saudi Arabia, who they, uh, they never met. Improvement was evident in 2006, where they were competitive with Iran and finished one play short of the final round, and they earned the same result in 2010. It was thus not really a surprise when they did reach the final round in 2014, but it was a surprise that they finished third of five, and even more so when they beat Uzbekistan uh, in the regional playoff. In fact, they went all the way to an intercontinental playoff with Uruguay, uh, though they were out of their depth there, uh, losing the first leg uh, at home 5-0, uh, which made their, their second leg draw uh, meaningless. But they were just really one, one game, one match from the, from the finals. Um, it's disappointing that Jordan followed this up by going back to semifinal round exits then uh, over the following two cups. Right. All right, and let's do the same thing with the Asian Cup, uh, kind of an overview. So Jordan entered the Asian Cup in 1972 and won their first two games, ultimately passing a group stage to reach round uh, two of two, a single game knockout which they uh, lost. Uh, they were never far from reaching uh, reaching the cup, especially in 1988, where they finished behind an advancing Japan, separated only by goal difference. An impressive quarterfinal finish in the 2004 Asian Cup began their career in that tournament. And though it stalled with the non-qualification in 2007, uh, they earned the same result, a quarterfinal finish in 2011. They have reached the cup uh, since then, and they look likely to do so regularly now that the cup has expanded to uh, 24 teams. That's right. So Jordan's local zone uh, is the West Asian Football Federation, or WAF, um, which originally consisted of six member nations uh, themselves, along with Iran, Iraq, Lebanon, Palestine, and Syria, with that cup beginning in 2000 and running roughly every two years till 2014. Uh, Jordan's growing strength, which registered only in their 2004 uh, Asian Cup run, was more evident here in 2002 with their second place finish. Uh, they earned second place again in 2008 and impressively uh, in 2014 after seven more teams joined, uh, many of them strong golf teams including Saudi Arabia, uh, UAE, Kuwait, Bahrain, Oman, Qatar and Yemen. Unfortunately, the competition they have done so well in is under threat, uh, likely due to the golf uh, teams being more interested in the long-standing Golf Cup, which Jordan isn't a part of, and also the Arab Cup. Um, after 2014, the next edition was in 2019, um, and a promised 2023 edition has, um, as of yet, uh, which is September 2023, hasn't been scheduled. Yeah. Um, well, we've mentioned that Jordan's not a golf, uh, a golf nation, but they have regularly been participants in the Arab Cup, and that uh, uh, is a long-standing tournament, uh, very kind of on and off from 1963 up until uh, the most recent one in 2021. They finished fourth in the 1988 edition and second in the 2002 edition. Uh, that was the eighth edition of that cup. Uh, they didn't enter the ninth edition in 2012, but the 10th edition, which was in 2021, uh, became more important when FIFA put their backing behind it. So this tournament now has a promising future, uh, even if it is kind of at the expense of the WAF Nations Cup. 
Yeah, so I think overall those tournaments show that Jordan can be competitive with even some of the, the stronger teams in their in their local region around them. Yeah, I like uh, looking at the regional tournaments because it gives kind of a more focused view uh, of their strengths. All right, well, now we enter into the deep dive for the, uh, for the Asian Cup, and that begins for Jordan in 1972. Um, take it away. So, um, yeah, I guess in general, as in the 2014 final round qualification for the World Cup, Jordan does seem to make the most of reaching a new level. Uh, so uh, they didn't qualify up until 2004, and they were expected to struggle at the group stage in their first cup, especially since it was a tough group. But they opened with a tie against uh, South Korea and tied UAE also, uh, sandwiching that with a win over Kuwait, uh, uh, where they won the, uh, the goalless game in injury time with not one but two goals. They went out to eventual winners Japan um, in the quarterfinal, but this was their closest, uh, Japan's closest game, Jordan taking them to penalties before bowing out. So uh, left a good impression in their first tournament. In their first tournament, yeah. Uh, after that good opening performance, uh, they were disappointed to not reach the tournament in 2007, but they did return in 2011 and almost matched that success. Uh, an opening draw with Japan was followed by wins over Saudi Arabia and Syria, and they finished second behind Japan only on goal difference there. However, the quarterfinal was less spectacular, uh, just a regular time loss to Uzbekistan. In 2015, they exited at the group stage. Uh, they lost to Iraq, but beat Palestine convincingly. Um, Jordan, uh, Jordan's all-time top goal scorer, Hamza, uh, Al Dardur scoring four of their five goals. Uh, they met um, a no doubt wary Japan in the third game, uh, and Jordan lost, so they finished third in the group. Uh, that actually remains their only group stage exit. That's right. And uh, we move on to 2019, but that's actually part of our uh, look at their recent history. So um, the Asian Cup in 2019 will also cover uh, their qualification run for that one. Yeah, so they entered in the round two of three uh, group stage, as most teams do. Um, there they finished uh, second behind Australia. Um, uh, but Jordan actually had a pretty good campaign. They were uh, undefeated at home and finished um, second, two points ahead of Kyrgyzstan. Um, that didn't uh, wasn't good enough to put them into the final round of World Cup qualifying, but it did qualify um, them directly for the Asian Cup. Or sorry, it put them into round three of the Asian Cup uh, qualifying, which was another group stage. Um, there they were paired with Vietnam, Afghanistan, and Cambodia, and they won three and tied three en route to a first-place finish. Yeah, that's right. I think they were uh, uh, one of maybe the only second-place team in that first round of qualifying that didn't uh, advance to the final round. If you see their points count was... Uh, was 16, whereas Australia in first place finished with 20, 21 points. So I think they fell short on points. Yeah. All right. Well, they got to the cup, and how did they do once there? Um, it started uh, very well with a one nothing win over Australia, um, and then was followed up with a 2 0 win over Syria. And they, they ended up tying their last game 0 0 with Palestine, but seven points was enough to finish first place in the group. 
Um, that should have given them a favorable tie. Um, and it did, in fact, it paired them with Vietnam in the round of 16. But after a 1-1 uh, draw, it went to penalties uh, where Jordan lost 4-2. So kind of disappointing for them to go out after a very strong group stage. Yeah, I mean, especially uh, uh, taking first place over Australia there. Um, they would definitely be disappointed to uh, go out so early. But, you know, a good campaign. They seem to be a bit of a menace for Australia, uh, beating, at them, beating them at home in qualifying and then uh, beating them and finishing first ahead of them in the tournament itself. Okay, the next one is uh, the 2019 WAF Cup, and that was the most recent edition of this cup. Yeah, there's um, two group stages of four, which is the winners playing in a final. Uh, Jordan lost their opener to Bahrain, who they meet here, uh, tied Kuwait, and then beat Saudi Arabia 3-0. That was an impressive result, but it saw them finishing second, so they didn't uh, get through to the final. Right, and of course we'll look at that tournament again with Bahrain, who was the advancing team there. Uh, meanwhile, the next uh, tournament was the 2021 Arab Cup. Yeah, so Jordan um, had a preliminary qualifying match, but it was a 3-0, I guess, awarded victory over South Sudan. Um, that put them into a group stage where they uh, again beat Saudi Arabia, as they did in the WAF Cup, 1-0. Uh, they lost heavily to Morocco, but then beat uh, Palestine uh, by a score of 5-1. So that saw Jordan advance as a second-place team out of a pretty strong group. Um, there they met Egypt in the quarterfinals, another strong team. Um, and after a 1-1 draw, lost 3-1 after extra time. Right. So a, a kind of an interesting tournament there uh, where some of the uh, North African teams uh, get to meet uh, some of the uh, Middle Eastern teams there, so uh, meeting Morocco and Egypt uh, here, as well as South Sudan, I suppose. Uh, next, we look at the World Cup in 2022 and their campaign there. Yeah, so they entered in the round two of three group stage. That's a, um, a five-team group stage, and uh, they were paired with familiar foes Australia, um, but Australia actually got the better of them this time, beating them one nothing both home and away. Uh, for Jordan, it, uh, they finished tied for second place with Kuwait on 14 points, um, but that wasn't enough to advance to the final round of qualifying. Yeah, again, uh, uh, maybe the point count doing them in. Well, they were in third place anyway. Uh, but yeah, certainly not getting the better of Australia there, who finished 10 points ahead. And, uh, okay, the last one is how they reached this cup, so the Asian Cup 2023 qualifying campaign. Yeah, so although they didn't uh, advance to the final round of World Cup qualifying, their third-place finish put them into a second uh, group stage to qualify for the 2023 Asian Cup. Uh, there they were paired with Indonesia, Kuwait, and Nepal, and won all three of their games without conceding, finishing first of the group and, of course, qualifying for this tournament. Right, and uh, that kind of uh, sets them up as the pot two team uh, for this tournament. And um, that is it for Jordan. Again, we're not going to uh, take a look at the players, but perhaps save that for a future podcast. Uh, and we move on to Bahrain, our third team, and uh, beginning with uh, an overview of their participation and strength. 
So Bahrain has participated uh, consistently in the World Cup from 1978, with the uh, exception of a withdrawal in 1990. It was far more patchy in Asian Cup play, where they first entered in 1972, but were not consistent participants until 2000, uh, missing four of the six cups in between. Uh, they entered but withdrew from three of these. Right, and uh, their local zone we've seen already. Uh, it is now the West Asian Football Federation, but we also saw that they weren't one of the original members of that tournament, uh, Jordan having played from 2000, uh, but rather they were part of a group that joined in 2009 and 2010. So they played in just three editions from 2010 to 2014, but the tournament kind of deteriorated after that, and the next edition was played five years later in 2019. And actually Bahrain won that edition and are standing champion since no edition has been played since. And we'll look at that uh, a bit later on too. Um, but as we've uh, pointed out, that tournament, that WAF Cup seems to be losing traction. And that's because of other perhaps more popular t uh, tournaments in the region. So one of those is the long-standing Golf Cup. Uh, the Golf Cup had its 25th edition in 2023. And uh, Bahrain has participated in all of them except 1972, uh, where they were disqualified. And uh, in terms of achievement, they won their only title in 2019, making that a triumphant year in local competition again. We'll look at that uh, a bit later on. And finally, the Arab Cup. Um, uh, they also participate in. They participated in six of the ten editions, uh, but they've done well taking second place in two of these. In terms of strength, Bahrain is a second-tier team in the Asian region. They have never reached the World Cup, but did come close, uh, reaching the Intercontinental Playoff twice uh, in back-to-back -back tournaments in 2006 and 2010. They otherwise only reached the final round of qualifying in 2002, making that period really from 2002 to 2010 uh, their strongest period. That is only roughly paralleled in Asian Cup play where they achieved their best finish, uh, fourth place in 2004. They did qualify consistently after that, uh, having done so only once before, but they didn't pass the group stage again until 2019. Okay, and we will take a look at that 2019 uh, campaign too. But let's take a slightly closer look at their World Cup uh, in overview. And their World Cup qualification began in 1978. But only in 2002 did they reach the final round. And that proved a good period, as uh, we've said. Um, as they not only reached the final round three times in a row until 2010, but uh, uh, in both cases finished third in the group and advanced to and won a regional playoff to reach the intercontinental playoff. Uh, however, we should say that 2006 has a bit of an asterisk on it uh, because the regional playoff win was quite unfair. And we won't go into detail. I think we covered that um, uh, in the series we did on the final round of uh, World Cup 2022 qualifying. But um, yeah, a bit, uh, a bit uh, suspect, that one, in 2006. And since 2014, they've been knocked out in the semi-final round. Um, but their impressive showing at the local level in 2019 really didn't impact on their World Cup play. 
Okay, let's take a look at the regional cup uh, just in overview, the Asian Cup. Bahrain's 1972 Asian Cup campaign was weak, but their second in 1988 saw them qualify for their first cup. It would take until 2004 to reach the cup again, but they qualified consistently since. 2004 was a most impressive fourth place finish, outdoing even a strong period in World Cup play. However, they did not pass the group stage again until 2019, when the expanded tournament made it easier to do so. Nevertheless, their improved result in 2019 reflects their two titles won in more local tournaments that year. Okay, and um, we'll just take a look at their uh, uh, local tournaments here. So the West Asian Football Federation uh, is a strong locality with a top team, a top tier team in Saudi Arabia, although gotta say Saudi Arabia doesn't behave like a top team uh, in these local tournaments uh, but there are many strong second tier teams in the Asian region so it's quite competitive. Uh, Bahrain's group stage finish in their first entry into this WAF Cup uh, in 2010 attests to its competitiveness. Uh, their top four finishes in 2012 and 2014 uh, were a good showing in the zone uh, and they beat strong second-tier teams to achieve those results. But uh, winning the title in 2019 required wins over Jordan, Saudi Arabia, and host Iraq, uh, making it a very impressive performance. Uh, equally impressive was winning the Gulf Cup the same year um, with wins over Iraq and Saudi Arabia in, in that uh, achievement too. And uh, that long-running tournament gives more definition to their overall history uh, than the World Cup and the Asian Cup results provide. Uh, while weak in big competitions until 2004, the Gulf Cup saw them earn three second-place finishes in the previous century. So uh, they didn't come out of the blue there in 2004. And this tournament also reflects their growing strength in the early 2000s. Uh, as after two fifth place finishes in the 1990s, they finished in the top four for over four tournaments in a row from 2002 to 2007. And they did enter a bit of a lull after that, uh, but from 2017 started to rise again uh, in another good period. And finally, the Arab Cup um, has seen two second place finishes in 1985 and in 2002. Uh, otherwise, they've been knocked out at the group stage, and that includes the most recent edition in 2021, which uh, was a poor showing. But we'll take a look at that in recent, uh, kind of in recent um, events. And meanwhile, we'll move on to uh, the uh, deep dive into their Asian Cup finals. Yeah, Bahrain didn't qualify in the 19, for the 1972 Asian Cup um, and then didn't complete qualification for the next three. So their first successful qualification for the Asian Cup was in 1988. Um, and it followed patchy participation in, in those previous editions. Uh, Bahrain were mildly competitive in the group stage of that cup, tying Kuwait and Saudi Arabia, but losing to China and Syria. And they finished last in the five-team group. Uh, though only four points separated them and group winners, uh, Saudi Arabia. Right. And uh, a big gap then between 1988 and 2004 when they reached their next cup. 
and they did so on the strength of having reached the final round of World Cup qualification for the first time since, uh, or for the first time in 2002. So they showed that uh, improved strength here, tying uh, China in the tournament opener. China was the host of the tournament, um, and that was a pretty uh, poor start for the ambitious hosts. Uh, Bahrain also tied uh, Kuwait. Uh, sorry, uh, Bahrain um, also tied Qatar and then beat Indonesia to finish second in the group stage. Uh, the quarterfinal with Uzbekistan went scoreless until 60 minutes, but an exciting finish saw each team score twice. With no goals in extra time, the matter went to penalties and Bahrain won over Uzbekistan. So that took them to the semi-final with Japan, which was even more exciting. Bahrain went into halftime up one nothing, but Japan scored two quick goals after the break. However, Bahrain tied at 71, and when they scored at 85, it looked like a winner. However, Japan equalized at 90, and then uh, shortly into extra time, they scored a golden goal at 93. So Bahrain... Um, was also actually competitive in the third place match with Iran, holding them to a 2-2 draw until the last 10 minutes when they gave up two goals to finish fourth in the tournament. But uh, a tremendous result there, uh, Connor, and providing some good entertainment as well. Yeah, tremendous result, uh, especially given uh, it was it had been a long time, 20 years since their, um, or sorry, not quite 20 years, but almost that since their last uh, um appearance yeah yeah great stuff okay um, uh, on to 2007 bahrain reached the next edition in 2007 but they didn't do nearly as well an opening loss to indonesia who was one of the four hosts um ended with a loss to uh yeah it opened with that and then it ended with a loss to saudi arabia and actually a last place finish in the group game two though did see them beat south korea on a late goal well, that's significant for this tournament. Yeah. Uh, 2011 started with um, a loss to the avenging South Koreans and a loss to Australia on game three meant a third place finish at the group stage. Once again, they won their second game, this time 5-2 win over India. All right. Yeah. Well, two, sorry, Connor. Go ahead. Yeah, okay. 2015 also saw one win for a third place finish in the group. Uh, after losing to Iran and UAE, they at least got a win uh, in the final game. And actually in that game, they uh, earned an Asian Cup record, the fastest goal in Asian Cup history uh, when their star striker uh, Ali Maput uh, scored just 14 seconds into the match for a win over Qatar there. Wow. And uh, yeah, 2019, uh, we saw that that's, or we will see again, that that's a good year uh, in local competition, but it begins our recent history. So uh, for the 2019 Asian Cup, we'll also include the qualification there. Yeah, so um, their qualification began in the second, in the round two or three group stage. Um, and actually of their eight games, they beat Yemen twice. And then other than that, only beat Philippines at home. So they finished fourth of five uh, in the group. Um, it did put them through to a second uh, qualification round, um, and there they were much improved. Um, it was a six, uh, sorry, a fourteen group with home and away matches, and Bahrain only lost once, um, winning four and tying one other to finish first in that group, and uh, 
that put them into that 2019 Asian Cup. Yeah, I gotta say, a loss to Chinese Taipei there was a was a pretty poor result though, despite the good campaign. Yes, yeah, against weaker competition for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, in the tournament, uh, they tied uh, UAE in the opener, um, and then lost to Thailand one nil. Um, they did win their uh, last game though against India which saw them finish in third place, but in the expanded tournament, that was good enough to go through to the round of 16. Um, it saw them face a difficult matchup against South Korea, but they tied the game 1-1, uh, losing only in uh, in extra time uh, to won the final. Yeah, well, they've had some interesting matchups with South Korea, who they meet here. I'm looking forward to, uh, to seeing their head-to-head record there, because I think they do fairly well. Uh, okay, well, the next tournament uh, was the uh, WAF Championship in 2019. And um, uh, this was a, a really good year for them, not so much in the Asian Cup, but in the local cups. Yeah, um, we saw already, because they were paired with Jordan, that they, they won their 14-group uh, stage. Uh, they beat Jordan in Kuwait and also tied Saudi Arabia. Um, and then they met Iraq in uh, in the final. That was just the only game after the group stage and Bahrain won at 1-0 um, uh, to take home the championship. So they uh, good results against some pretty good teams. Yeah, that was a good result for sure. And uh, Iraq was the host of that tournament too. Uh, okay, the um, uh, I guess the Golf Cup is going to come later because we're only covering the 2023. But I think they won the Golf Cup there in 2019 also. Uh, right. But the next one we look at is actually the Arab Cup in 2021. Yeah, so Bahrain had to play a qualifying match against uh, golf rivals Kuwait, but they won it 2-0. Um, so that they were in the group stage of the Arab Cup. Um, however, they lost um, to both Qatar and Oman and tied Iraq in between it. So they just finished with a single point and uh, last place of the group stage. Yeah, and uh, that is kind of a more uh, international tournament. Unfortunately, uh, none of the African teams, the North African teams, were were in that group. So it looks pretty much like the uh, the WAF Cup there, or actually the Golf Cup too, since they were all Golf Cup nations. Mm-hmm. Uh, next is the World Cup 2022 qualifying campaign. Yeah, so they entered in the round two of three uh, group stage. That's a five-team group stage. Um, Bahrain was competitive at home, winning uh, winning three and tying one, but they uh, only picked up one win on the road um, and actually saw them finish third in a quite competitive group. Um, Iran and Iraq finished ahead of them, but only three points separated uh, those three teams, uh, Hong Kong and Cambodia, the other teams. Um so by virtue of finishing third, that wasn't enough to um, to go into the final round of World Cup qualifying. Right. So the, that uh, ended there. But it was also the first round of uh, Asian Cup qualifying. So we'll revisit this shortly. Uh, but before that, there is the Gulf Cup of Nations in 2023. Yes. Um, Bahrain um, started impressively with 2-1 wins over UAE and Qatar. Um, and then uh, drew Kuwait in their final match. So they topped the group, um, the 14 group. They met Oman in the semifinals, 
but there they were defeated one nothing, so unable to advance to the final and uh, defend their crown. Right, so not really keeping up that form of 2019 over the last few tournaments. Let's finish with a look at how they qualified for this tournament, uh, Asian Cup 2023 qualification. Yeah, as I said, Bahrain were third in their group behind Iran and Iraq. Uh, so that put them into a second qualifying group for the Asian Cup. Um, there they uh, won all three games in the group stage, beating Bangladesh, Malaysia, uh, who is our next team, and Turkmenistan. Right, and so they come into this tournament as the uh, pot three team. And that brings us to the end of their history. Again, we're going to kind of skip the players section in this podcast and move on to Malaysia, uh, beginning with an overview of their participation and strengths. So Malaysia is a team with a long history and one of consistent qualification. Though they entered the World Cup in 1974, they can be considered a senior team by having entered all Asian Cups since the very beginning in 1956. And they are one of only a small number of teams who can make that claim. Yeah, uh, their region, regional group we haven't looked at in, in this one, uh, this media cast yet. That is the ASEAN Football Federation. So it's the AFF and the A uh, in the uh, Asian uh, Football Federation there is an acronym and it stands for the uh, Association of Southeast Asian Nations there. So... Uh, we just call it the Southeast Asian Football Federation to make it easier. And uh, Malaysia has entered every edition of that cup also. Uh, yes, and how are they in terms of strength, Connor, their strength? Uh, Malaysia are a third-tier team, um, as are all really the top teams in their local Southeast group. Uh, they are a little weaker than Thailand, Vietnam, and even Indonesia and Singapore. They've never reached the final round of World Cup qualification, and rather they've actually sometimes fallen in preliminary rounds. They have, however, reached the Asian Cup three times, twice in a row in 1976 and 1980, and again in 2007 by dint of co-hosting. The record looks a bit more competitive at the local level, having won the AFF Cup in 2010 and finishing second in uh, three of the last four editions. Right. Okay, well, we said their World Cup history uh, was not that strong. We'll take a bit of a closer look at it here. So, uh, having never reached a final round, Malaysia must measure its success uh, more at the game level. So, they have taken points off top and second-tier teams, but never enough to pass that semi-final round. Uh, their closest brushes with doing so came in their early years, coming just one point behind the advancing team in three of their first four campaigns from 1970 to 1986. That level of competitiveness continued in their campaigns until 2006, uh, but that year they lost all games in the semi-final round, and results were poor after that, actually, until 2022 when, uh, grouped with the top-tier teams in their local region, they once again proved competitive, though, again, it was not enough to pass the semi-final round. All right, and we'll do a similar overview for the uh, Asian Cup before doing the deep dive. Uh, Malaysia did reach the Asian Cup twice in a row in a period of relative strength in the late 1970s. 
Uh, and then in 2007, as we mentioned, they qualified as a co-host. They have never passed the group stage, though. Uh, unlike most weak teams, they continued to compete in qualification beyond 2007, uh, eschewing the AFC Challenge Cup despite being eligible for it. 2015 saw them more competitive in qualification and offered hope that they could reach the expanded cup in 2019. They disappointed in an admittedly tougher group there, but an easier final round group saw them through to the 2023 Asian Cup this time. Right, and we'll take a look actually at both of those uh, uh, Asian Cups and, and compare them. And uh, before we do the uh, deep dive, we'll take a look at their uh, local cup history. So uh, in bigger competitions, they're generally a bit weaker than the other teams in their region. Uh, all of them really are third-tier teams, and as Connor mentioned, Thailand and Vietnam uh, probably the strongest among those. Uh, but at the local level, they actually do seem a bit more competitive with these teams. They won the AFF Cup in 2010 and registered second place finishes uh, three times, including recently in 2014 and 2018. In four of the 14 editions, though, they failed to pass the group stage, and that means that they weren't among the top four teams in the region. So that does put them a bit behind uh, the other teams in the region, especially uh, Thailand and Vietnam. Uh, Indonesia, though, has fallen uh, short four times compared to uh, Malaysia's two, and uh, they're ahead of Singapore at this level, too. Um, who regularly fall off at the group stage. Singapore is a bit odd because uh, they they do seem a bit weaker, but have won four titles, which uh, uh, we'll have to leave until we talk about Singapore another time. Okay. Uh, was that all clear to you, Connor? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Let's take a look at their Asian Cup uh, finals in a deep dive, which is not that deep because they haven't reached it very often. No, despite their uh, participation. Um, so actually, Malaysia was reasonably competitive in qualifying from the very first Asian Cup in 1956. However, it took 20 years to reach their first cup. Um, in 1976, they were in a three-team group, and they lost to Kuwait and tied China. Uh, they finished tied on points with China, but a point behind on goal difference. So it was China and not Malaysia that advanced to the next round. Right, and they did reach the cup the following year or the following edition in 1980, and so we have to consider this a period of, uh, of relative strength. They tied South Korea in their first game, actually, having beaten them in qualification in the previous cup, uh, but then they lost to Kuwait. Uh, this is a five-team group, so after the loss to Kuwait, they beat UAE and tied Qatar. Unfortunately, that was only good enough for third place out of five, and only the top two teams advanced. Malaysia came close to qualifying in 1984, but grew ever further from the cup after that. Uh, reaching the cup in 2007 was only because they were uh, co-hosting, and it actually came at a bad time for them. For the first time in, uh, since 2006 World Cup qualifying, they lost all their games in a campaign. And they carried that form uh, from the World Cup um, and lost all three games uh, in uh, the Asian Cup uh, by scorelines of a 5-1 loss to China and a 5-0 loss to Uzbekistan, 
uh, followed by a more respectable scoreline against Iran. Um, so very disappointing as hosts. Um, and then they actually lost all qualifying games in 2011 as their kind of weak period uh, continued. Yeah, and that 2007 was actually the uh, last time they reached the Cup. Um, so it actually brings us to the uh, 2019 Asian Cup campaign where, uh, because it's part of the recent history, we will look at the qualifying campaign there. Yeah. Um, so Malaysia entered in the round two of three group stage. It was a five-team group. Um, Malaysia, though, only picked up a single win. Um, that was on the road to East Timor, who finished below them. Um, it also included a 10-nil hammering at the hands of UAE. Um, they, their fourth place finish in the group um, saw them actually to kind of like a round 2B qualifying, um, where they beat East Timor in a playoff. Um, and that put them through into the, the round three of three proper. This was a, um, a three-team group, uh, played home and away. Malaysia picked up, however, only a single point, um, a tie with Hong Kong, otherwise losing both to Lebanon and North Korea. So uh, not good enough to qualify for the 2019 Asian Cup. Yeah, but uh, honestly, I mean, they really weren't strong enough, but that is a pretty tough group, especially we'll look at round three for the 2023 uh, campaign and we'll see much easier opponents than we saw here in North Korea and uh, Lebanon and Hong Kong. Uh, but meanwhile, uh, the uh, 2022 World Cup tournament, uh, we'll take a look at how they did there. Looks like they started by meeting uh, East Timor, who they always seem to be paired with. Yeah. Um, so they actually, Malaysia were one of the 12 bottom-ranked teams uh, in Asia that had to go uh, undergo a preliminary play playoff round. Uh, they met East Timor, um, but they, they put them to the sword, winning 12-2 uh, on aggregate. Um, so they did advance easily. Um, in the round two of three group stage, um, Malaysia put in an improved performance. They won four and lost four uh, for their games, um, and that put them right in the middle of their group, third out of five. Um, the top two advanced to the, uh, the next round of World Cup qualifying, so Malaysia didn't do that, but um, it was improved, and they actually beat some of their southeast uh, rivals, including uh, Indonesia twice and Thailand twice. Uh, yeah, that was kind of an odd grouping that uh, just by chance put put the four biggest teams in the Southeast Asian uh, group all into one group along with UAE. So uh, we can easily compare them. Pretty impressive that they finished ahead of Thailand there and uh, basically finished second of the fourth. So a good uptick in their performance there. Yeah. All right, well, uh, we uh, can see them with the same teams in the last uh, local cup, the AFF Cup, because it's the same group of teams they meet here. And how did they do? Yeah, so it started with a, uh, a five-team group stage. Malaysia beat Myanmar, Laos, and Singapore, losing to Vietnam, as they did in World Cup qualifying. They finished second in the group, and that um, put them into a semifinal with Thailand. It started promisingly as they won their home leg 1-0, but it was a 3-0 road loss that saw them go out at the semi-final stage. Right. Well, it's nice to see them being uh, somewhat competitive, but again, uh, those top teams, Thailand and, and Vietnam, tend to get the better of them. 
let's now jump to their qualifying for this cup. Obviously, they made it, so we are seeing an improvement in Malaysia's performance. How did they get here? Yeah, so we mentioned they finished second in or third out of five in that World Cup group stage, which which doubled as qualifying for this tournament. So they finished second or sorry third, which put them into a around three. Um, and there it was a, a three team or four team group stage. Malaysia beat Turkmenistan, lost to Bahrain, who they meet here, and then beat Bangladesh. Um, so those two wins saw them in second place in the group, which put them into this tournament. And as you said easier competition than it was uh when they failed at this stage uh in 2019. yeah yeah so i'm kind of curious to see how malaysia does in this cup uh, we see a bit of improvement there and that actually kind of leads us nicely into our next section uh where we'll we'll speculate on their strengths but also look at some data in terms of head-to-head -head records and um uh, their rankings again we'll uh, kind of forego the players section uh, until another podcast so that brings us to the end of part two the uh, history section and on to part three where we look at some of those stats and then have some discussion about it so let's begin by talking about rankings right uh so south korea um they are the third ranked team coming into this tournament behind japan and iran um qatar is also in pot one as host but they're ranked a bit lower um, so, yeah, kind of you could say South Korea is a top three team. Um, Jordan come from the very bottom of part two, whereas Bahrain comes from the very top of part three. So what's interesting is they're basically right uh, right behind each other in the rankings, the two middle teams, you could say, of the tournament. They've been placed together. And then Malaysia come from the bottom of uh, – or near the bottom of part four. They're the third, uh, third lowest ranked team. So I guess you have – there's – can say there's kind of some nice balance of this group third strongest and third weakest and then the two middle teams so um yeah that's how uh, it goes kind of a nice symmetry to it let's detail that a bit by looking at their fifa and elo rankings so south korea is 28th in the world according to fifa and 32nd um according to elo um south korea is often kind of a around the 30th mark um, especially in ELO, they fluctuated a bit more in FIFA and have actually climbed a bit in recent years. Um, but um, as we see, they're a team that that regularly makes the World Cup. So that kind of, you know, 30th mark, I think, is, you know, probably relatively accurate for them. Yeah. And in terms of uh, in terms of Asia, we've seen kind of uh, in the top three uh, there, of course, they would like to be number one. Yeah uh let's look at jordan now um uh jordan the pot two team but really pretty much even with bahrain yeah especially in the fifa rankings jordan's 82nd in fifa but quite a bit higher 63rd in elo um going back the past decade they've actually always been higher in elo than uh, than fifa and we kind of tend to rely a little bit more on elo rankings um or we find them a bit more reliable um, in both systems, though, they've kind of risen steadily by about 20 places each. Um, kind of five years ago, they were about 100th in FIFA and 80th uh, in ELO. So they've risen kind of 20 places in both systems um, yeah. in the last five years. Yeah, good improvement there. Um, it looks like, um, uh, it looks like though, uh, Bahrain have kind of risen uh, at a bit of a faster rate, so may have the momentum in their favor. 
Yeah, Bahrain are 86 in FIFA, so that's just four spots behind Jordan, so really neck and neck. Um, though they're 78th in ELO, so that's 15 points behind Jordan. But as you mentioned, their rise is pretty dramatic. Um, five, five or six years ago, they were 120th in FIFA and about 100th in ELO. Um, so they've risen about 30 places um, in both those systems. And it's kind of been steady improvement uh, really for the last probably eight or nine years. Yeah, and one of the reasons we do uh, the local level uh, in this media cast is because that that's not as visible in World Cup or even Asian Cup play, but definitely, uh, you know, their two wins of the Gulf Cup and the, the WAF Cup in 2019 makes it uh, uh, more visible at the local level that they're uh, improving, or at least until 2019, dropped off a bit since then. Yeah, in 2019, that was a year they jumped from below 100 in both systems to above 100, and they've maintained that spot in the top 100 in both systems since those 2019 successes. Yeah, all the way up to 68th place in, uh, um, uh, you know, at the, around 2020. So um, that's pretty impressive. Yeah. Okay, and then lastly, how do Malaysia fit into all of this? Uh, for Malaysia, it's also a bit of a story of steady improvement, though from a, a lower starting point. They're 137th in FIFA and 138th in ELO, so the two systems pretty much agree. Uh, they were down in the 170s and 80s five years ago, so it has been kind of slow and steady improvement for them. Um, their current ranking is as high as they have been in the last 10 years. Yeah, and speaking of the last 10 years, I mean, uh, um, one of the reasons I like doing these long longer historical or broader view uh, um, views of the teams is that they have been really off the radar in the last 10 or 15 years. And I wonder actually if teams will underestimate them uh, because of that. Because before 15 years ago, we saw they were, you know, kind of competitive in their, in their uh, local region and definitely a better team than they've been for the past 10 or 15 years. Now they're getting back to uh, at least the level they were before. Right. All right. Well, let's uh, take another view by looking at the head-to-head -head records uh, there. And we begin with South Korea and Jordan. What do they look like? Yeah, so this just considers their Asian Cup and World Cup uh, qualification and tournament meetings. Um, and uh, South Korea has won one of the three times they've met, and the other two have been drawn. So that's kind of interesting. Yeah, it is kind of interesting. It's not really recent uh, information, though. One uh, draw was in the 2000 and Asian, 2004 Asian Cup, and their last meeting was in 2010, where South Korea won one and they tied the other. But still, like that's uh, impressively competitive. Yeah. All um, right, next, uh, South Korea and Bahrain. Yeah, you mentioned you were curious about their head-to-head -head record. Um, because they've, they've have met um, a number of times, uh, six times in fact, and it is pretty close. It's three wins for Korea, one draw, and two wins for Bahrain. Yeah, uh, only one recent game there, though. That was in the 2019 uh, Asian Cup, the round of 16 there. But Bahrain took uh, Korea to uh, extra time there, even though South Korea won in the end. So, um, you know, uh, Bahrain can't be taken lightly by South Korea, hey? Yeah, it's an interesting dynamic meeting in the knockout round uh, in the previous tournament. Yeah. Um, right, uh, South Korea and Malaysia. Yeah, there's a, a longer, if older, history here. 
Um, they've met nine times, and South Korea have won four. They've tied three, and Malaysia have won two. So once again, uh, Malaysia is proving competitive with South Korea. Yeah, impressively competitive. Uh, here, though, their last meeting was in 1990, so uh, wondering how relevant uh, it really is. But still, uh, that that does uh, add a bit of spice to the group, I feel. And next we look at Jordan. They have a winning record over Bahrain. Yeah, that comes from just three meetings. Jordan have won two and Bahrain won one. Right, and it would be a lot more meetings if we included the the local level here. We haven't done that, but um, um, uh, I have no excuse for that. <laughs> but we don't include those, uh, those local levels because uh, part of the reason is that uh, sometimes teams don't always send their... A team, so uh, I feel like it's not uh, friendlies and and smaller tournaments. It's not really necessarily a true reflection of the teams. How about Jordan and Malaysia? Uh, they have one meeting that ended in a draw. Right, and that was way back in 1988, so uh, not of great relevance. But once again, it does show uh, Malaysia's kind of historical competitiveness. Yeah. And we see that, too, in the uh, Bahrain-Malaysia record. Yeah, Bahrain have won four. They've never lost, but they have tied three matches. That's right. And these guys do have a bit of more of a recent history. They met in the 2015 Asian Cup uh, qualifying. And uh, even though Malaysia was kind of weak at that time, they did earn a, a tie uh, in Bahrain. And they met in uh, qualifying for this tournament, which we saw. Uh, that uh, qualifying tournament actually took place in Malaysia, uh, but Bahrain still beat them 2-1. Uh, okay, and now we move on to uh, the discussion. So uh, we sometimes look at um, uh, the uh, what the odds makers are saying, but uh, it's too far before the tournament, so we don't have any information on that so let's go uh, maybe starting with the strongest team do you see south korea dropping points here i definitely think it's it's possible i think um you know they're playing in the middle east we have kind of two west asian teams here um i think south korea have shown through their history as we've looked at it that they are are vulnerable to dropping points at group stages perhaps more so than some of the other strong teams um, you know, even relying on a couple of third-place group finishes to advance. So, um, you know, South Korea, you know, they do, they often do go far in tournaments, but I, I think they aren't always imperious in the group stage. And I think the, um, you know, Bahrain and Jordan are plucky teams that could cause some trouble. Yeah, I agree with you. I mean, uh, as big as South Korea are uh, as a name, if you look at them in the World Cup, you would you would definitely say that the other teams have no chance against them. But if you look at them in head-to-head -head and kind of their inconsistency in um, their inconsistency in Asian Cup history, uh, I think there is a chance that points be taken off them here. Uh, do you feel they're still a bit too reliant? We didn't do a discussion of the players here, but um, do you feel they're a bit too reliant on uh, Son Hung Min? I think he's a he's a key man, and I think he's a real difference maker. I don't know if they're too reliant on him. Um, they do have some other players that can score goals, and they do produce good players from their own uh, K League um, players who who can contribute to the team. So I don't think they're too reliant on him. But you know, obviously, for any team, you know, you 
they have teams have their talisman and, and sauna is definitely for that but do you agree yeah i mean obviously their ambitions lie beyond uh, this round and i think some of those uh uh, I think they will actually be a bit dependent on Son Hoon Min in the later rounds. Uh, but I think some of those players you mentioned uh, could step forward against these weaker teams. And, and they need that to happen, really, uh, so that they have more than just, um, you know, one scorer to rely on when they do kind of come face to face with Iran and yeah. Japan and stuff like that. But I do think that they better be careful here you know they could be dropping points to these teams and i think a second place finish um uh could kind of set them up for a difficult path to the final which i think is the only thing that would really satisfy them was at least an appearance in the final yeah i do think son like you said will be key for them later on they probably have enough in this group stage to to score goal which sometimes has been a problem for them um, kind of even without him. Yeah, but I think it'll be important kind of developmentally um, uh, developing well in the group stage so that they're in good shape for the finals. Uh, I think Jordan and Bahrain, we've seen in the rankings that they're pretty close. Uh, what, how do you feel between those two? I, I think they are really close. Um, both teams have had their moments um, in Asian Cups before. Um, both teams... Um, you know, kind of second second tier teams in Asia. Um, I I think it's hard to choose between the two of them. I think they'll they'll be competitive. I think they're both good teams. Um, you know, there are going to be three of or sorry four of the six third place finishers will go through. Um, I probably hope it's these two because um, I think they they can cause problems for some teams later on in the tournament. Um, but between them, it's tough to say. Do you have any? Have any enlightenment? Uh, I was surprised in the demographic section that you know Bahrain is fully ten times smaller than Jordan. I I didn't really realize that there was that big a difference uh, between the two uh, countries in terms of uh, performance. They've been pretty close. I would even say uh, Bahrain is a little uh, stronger. Uh, I'm going to ask you to take over the commentary because I got a cough. All right. Well, I I will take it over and I'll talk about. Um, Malaysia, um, I think we've seen they haven't passed the group stage before. Um, they are getting a little bit stronger, but I think stronger is kind of relative to other third-tier teams. Um, I'm not sure that they quite have enough to challenge Jordan and Bahrain. Um, they're capable of points for sure, which could have an impact on the group. Um, but I don't know if they have enough to to threaten to get beyond Um unless really Bahrain or Jordan kind of have a bit of a shocker of a tournament. Yeah, I don't think it would be a shocker for uh, Jordan and Bahrain actually to drop points to Malaysia. I think Malaysia could uh, surprise them in that way, not really by challenging them at the campaign level, but uh, by taking a point uh, off of them. And as you said, that could kind of dictate affairs in the group. If Jordan and Bahrain are to pass in second and third together, uh, they would definitely need to um, uh, win their game against Malaysia, but uh, I, I, maybe it's maybe it's a bit of hope uh, or a bit of analysis because Malaysia is improving. But we've only really seen their improvement against third-tier teams, so I'm yeah. not convinced uh, it'll really happen against uh, second-tier teams. 
Yeah, um, they haven't been in this tournament since co-hosting in 2007. So it's good to qualify, but I think they have a bit more building to do to become more competitive at the Cups. I think qualifying was kind of the achievement here. Yeah, I think it was. I mean, we saw that for this tournament, they had a, a weaker group. Again, third and fourth tier teams in Turkmenistan and uh, I think it was Bangladesh, right? Yes. Uh, that they qualified over as opposed to 2019. And when they met second and third tier teams like Lebanon and North Korea, they were a bit out of their depth. But, uh, you know, maybe a little bit of improvement uh, could lead to a bit of a surprise. Again, we didn't do the players uh, for these teams, but I do feel actually uh, Malaysia... Uh, seems the strongest in scoring potential but again that's got to be put to the test here because they do uh, they have been scoring well but it's against third tier teams right so whether they can bring that to bear against these stronger teams uh, remains to be seen yeah i think this is an interesting group one of the most interesting we've talked about we've seen other groups where we kind of have reluctantly just said well yeah it's going to finish as pot order um, I think this one is competitive. I think there's lots of room for surprises here, possibly a change up in order. And, um, you know, South Korea's drop points against Jordan or Bahrain or Malaysia picking up points. Like it could really, um, I think, be a competitive group and kind of throw the whole group into, imbal into imbalance with just one or two results. Yeah, I mean, I agree with you fully. I think on the surface, as I said, most people will say, well, South Korea will will win all three games here. I'm not sure that that'll happen. Um, uh, Jordan and Bahrain, um, you said yourself, they kind of rise up once in a while, so they could do that here, like they are capable of a good performance. We saw Jordan actually winning the group over Australia last time, so they can certainly rise up. Uh, Bahrain uh, won two local tournaments in 2019, um, you know, not as strong as that. I wish they were uh, in that form coming into this cup. I guess it's not out of the question. And Malaysia, probably in their strongest form in uh, in ten or fifteen years. But again, maybe maybe not quite capable of of, uh, of doing it at this level. I agree with you. I think there's more variation in this group than we've seen in other groups that could make it more exciting. Right. Right. Well, I see by your hesitation there that you're unwilling to commit, but I'm going to I'm gonna uh, push you to it. What is this group going to end up looking like? Oh, the moment I've dreaded. Um, <laughs> I think South Korea will win the group, but I agree I'm not convinced it'll be with, uh, with three wins. I think I am going to say Jordan is going to finish second. I think they had a good um, tournament. Um, in 2019 where they beat australia and finished first in the group um bahrain i'm gonna say they finished third they were strong in 2019 but are perhaps coming down off that a little bit and then i'm gonna say malaysia fourth but uh do you agree with me uh i'm gonna go against the grain a bit i do see the sense in what you're saying but i do feel like uh, bahrain have a bit more uh momentum here so i'm really torn to uh, kind of predicted. I certainly wouldn't be surprised to see uh, Jordan finish second, but I'm going to pick uh, Bahrain uh, just edging out on goal difference or uh, yellow card difference or something <laughs> like that uh, to take second. But actually, um, you mentioned a bit earlier in the discussion about the possibility of third place, and I think it's quite possible that 
despite what we've said, all of them could um, beat Malaysia and then we would see the third place team advance yeah. here. I think Jordan or Bahrain, you know, we saw in the just by pot order, they're the strongest team out of pot three. So I, I wouldn't be surprised to see them go through. So I think it's very, very close to call. And I guess you and I going different ways means we get to see who's right. Yeah, yeah, but as you said, definitely one of the more uh, interesting groups uh, here. And unless you have anything to add, uh, that brings us to the end. Yeah, we can wrap it up. All right, well, check the show notes, and we're going to add a little bit on at the end here to talk about what, uh, particularly what we're going to be doing over the next few months. Uh, Good talking to you about this, Connor, and I guess we will see you for Group F. That's right, our final group. See you then. We originally planned to tag on our past, present and future plans for the MediaCast, but we have instead decided to put a link to that 10-minute video in the show notes. It covers what we're working on and what we plan to do over the next nine months. We'd like to thank Navur Abachan and Pixabay for the wonderful music you hear in this media cast. The title is called Arabic Trap.